When was the last time you had a what's the point moment? Perhaps you were in the Taco Bell drive-thru and you have that moment in your life where your car's not yet stuck, where you can't escape the drive-thru. You're like, but it's coming. And you're like, do I get out now or do I accept my fate and go in and wait? Yeah, run. Because at some point after waiting a long time, you say to yourself, what's the point? Or maybe you have to make an important phone call because you need to find a new cable package <laughs> and you're on hold with customer service. And then you talk to someone and then they put you on hold and you're talking to another person and they transfer you and then they want you to call back to the first person you talked to and you're on hold again. And it's like you're 10th caller in line. And you finally say, what's the point? That high monthly rate seems pretty appealing right now. Or perhaps you've had one of those jobs where your boss doesn't respect you, you're paid pennies, you're working hard, you feel like you're not noticed, and you're sitting there wondering, what's the point? You're sitting in church, and your pastor's just rambling on, and you're wondering, what's the point? <laughs> I don't know. We'll find out if there is one, won't we? Or maybe even more personal things where you long to have a deep friendship and you're trying and you're trying and you're trying to connect with this individual and you realize they never reciprocate. So you finally, with a heavy heart, say, what's the point? See, human beings are hardwired for meaning and significance in our lives. We long for things to matter. In the small ways for, for there to be significance in our time and our work, but also in things like our relationships. And then the big things, right? Or the big thing, our entire life. We long to know that we have meaning in our lives. We long to make a difference. We want there to be a point to all of this lives that we are leading, right? We want there to be a point to the good, the hard, the suffering, the struggles, the loss, the confusion, the hurt, the hard work, the long hours, the crucial conversations, the sacrifice, all of it. We desperately want to know there's a point and a purpose to all of it. You agree with me? Yeah. But the hardships of life can wear us down and cause us to question, what is the meaning and purpose of all of this? That's what this series is all about. To reclaim and identify that we do indeed have a purpose, and that we are called to live a life driven by purpose. Trusting and believing that God created you for so much more than you could ever fathom. Today is week one of our six-week series, called Driven, where today we will be laying the groundwork for the rest of the series ahead, for a series that for some of you, God may use to change your life. You can see on the screen what is coming up in the weeks ahead. As you know, we are doing this uh, 
as we go through the book, The Purpose Driven Life. I hope many of you have been reading through this. We, we've gotten rid of about 70 copies, so at least 70 of you have intended to read it, so well done. And 70 of you maybe have even started it, so well done. Keep pressing in. Just like with anything, when we are as a church and we use uh, extracurricular resource, we know this isn't the Word of God. This is not infallible. This is a human that God used to help bring out some good insight. And so remember, our final authority is always the Scripture. So whatever you have to this, hold it up to this to discern where you are. And if there's something you wrestle or rumble with here, good. Just like you should wrestle and rumble with my words. Don't take everything I see at, say at face value, but take it to your foundation of faith and wrestle and grapple with it and contend for it. Because that's what we're called to do. So, I hope you're enjoying the book so far. For those of you who are in life groups, super excited for those to begin this week. Details will be coming out to you. If you haven't got them yet, I promise they will come. No one was kicked out of a group, is what I'm saying. Today's message is called... What drives you? We're going to focus in on this saying today. When God is the driving force of your life, everything about life, including your purpose, begins to make sense. There's a little story, the conclusion of the first day of the reading, where it was an atheist wrestling with life, all these questions about life, and he finally came to the conclusion of without God, life makes no sense. Yeah. So that's what we're talking about today. Because there's a lot about life from our own perspective that if we don't have God in the equation, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. But we're challenged to put on our kingdom glasses, to see things through God's viewpoint, to understand what he's up to and try and get a glimpse of how this world works and what he's up to in this life. Consider this passage from Colossians. Funny, you, uh, Kylie, and you're welcome. You had a Colossians passage, which is a different one, but they, they support each other. They, they work together. And Paul writes this in Colossians. For through Jesus, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things that we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, authorities, and the unseen world. Everything, not some things, everything was created through him and for him. Talking of Jesus here. Here in this passage, Paul's making it clear that all things, both in the spiritual and the physical world, were created by and under the authority of Jesus Christ. Christ has no equal. He has no rival. Everything was created through him and for him. For, three letters, highly important word, because it tells us that you were created by him and for him him. You have a purpose that God has given you. But hearing this, it brings up a very potent but challenging, uh, very challenging and all-important first line from this book. It was the first line in this book, and it's, it's not about you. Oh, oh. Does that line hurt you a little bit? It's not about you. I mean, it hurts me a little bit, right? I want it to be all about me. Don't you want it to be all about you? Yeah, you do, because on your birthday, you want the attention, right? 
Yeah, you do, even if you say you don't. We all want that, at least in some ways in our lives, because it hurts us to acknowledge humans are innately selfish. It's a lot easier to see in others, especially those people we really don't like, but it's really painful to acknowledge and accept the truth when we look inward. Because we don't want to be called selfish. We don't, we don't want that. But we also want it to be all about us. And how do I know we're all selfish? Well, when sin entered the world, it happened because we chose ourselves over God. Paul in Romans talks about how that first sin is all of our sin. So when Adam and Eve ate of that fruit, that was us choosing ourselves over God, over love incarnate, over the only one who is so perfect and lovely and pure. We chose ourselves. And we still grapple with sin and choose ourselves. That's the great human struggle. But while there is a challenge in learning, it's not about you or me, there's also a beautiful gift here. Discovering our purpose reveals it's not about us. It's all about God. And God is so much more capable, creative, gifted, and responsible than any of us. Praise God that it's not about us, but it is all about him, and he still works in our lives. Remember what we said earlier, when God is the driving force of our life, everything about life, including our purpose, starts to make sense. Flip that around. If we are the driving force of our life, then, including our purpose, everything gets fuzzy. Everything gets confused. Everything gets distorted by the realities and the effects of sin. Our purpose, we could call a purpose your driving force of your life. So if God is not the driving force in our life, we're likely, or we are, being driven by something else. It might be guilt. Maybe something you did or didn't do in the past, and it haunts you, and it just sits with you, and you think of it every day. Or maybe it's your ambition, and you're longing for more, longing for further ambition, and, and to strive for, to be the best. Or maybe it's just your anger. Hey, did you know there's a lot of things to be angry about right now? Yeah, a lot of them valid too, mind you. But maybe you're driven by your anger. It's just from angry thing to angry thing. Or very close bedfellow to anger is fear. Maybe you're driven by fear. Or things, materialism, I want it all. Or simply craving approval of others. I want people to like me. I want others to see me and like me. All of those are me-centered and they often keep us feeling trapped in an endless cycle, keeping us from driving anywhere fast. And it leaves us frustrated, tired, weary, and it often leads us to ask, what's the point? And when we start to ask the question, what's the point? We sometimes will give up seeking our actual purpose in life. There's an all-too-common viewpoint out there. This is something a lot of people wrestle with in the human struggle. In fact, um, this past week, on a popular social site, it's called Reddit. Uh, <laughs> some people may not know that, but it's out there. Someone posted this. This is a quote. Got a lot of traction. I don't think your life 
has to have a purpose or a grand ambition. I think it's okay to just wander through life finding interesting things until you die. That was posted. 47.1 thousand people upvoted it, is what they say on the site. You can downvote too, and your upvote is your total tally after people upvote and downvote, okay? So 47.1 thousand people upvoted that, showing their agreement or interest in that comment. There are over 800 comments on that post. One of them said this, in agreement to this comment. We are born, we are going to die. All we really do in life is pass the time in between. It's a heartbreaking view of life. And sadly, it is not uncommon. When we don't know what drives our life, we are a willow in the wind. We will blow every single which way. We will have no solid foundation. We will have no roots. That means our interests or our convictions can change by the day. Whatever the newest outrage, whether you believe it or not, you are outraged too. Whatever the newest boycott, you boycott it too. You can lose your way so far that it, nothing even makes sense anymore. I once met a very well-intentioned young woman who was seeming to find her way in this world. And I asked her, I said, hey, what interests you in life? What matters to you? And this individual said to me, advocacy matters. I was like, that's awesome. We got to be advocates for things. What, what passions within you do you advocate for? And she said, what do you mean? I said, well, what kind of advocacy? And she said, just advocacy. I advocate for advocacy's sake. I thought, wait, no, you can't, that's not how it works, Right? You can't advocate for this because when you advocate for something, it's against something else. And so this poor young woman, she was finding her way, and I believe she's still on that path, but that's where she was at. And that's not uncommon. Surely, there is more to our life than just passing the time. Because basically, this viewpoint, it's saying life has no purpose. This viewpoint says you can settle for life being only what you experience it to be. That nothing we actually do matters. Nothing is bigger than us. We simply exist to live, enjoy, and die. <laughs> Eat, drink, and be merry, right? There's an irony to this. This viewpoint, <laughs> this viewpoint has a category, a description, a, a, a word that those who adhere to it use. You know what it's called? It's called absurdism. You want to know why it's called absurdism? It's because it's absurd. It's absurd. When our lives aren't driven by purpose, if we don't believe we have a purpose, that there is no point we are prone to get lost and to go astray because nothing in this world will make sense and we will feel like we're just passing the time. Our heart aches They'll all lack hope. Our failures will then feel heavier. Our questions much more perplexing in our lives of little to no significance. But when God is the driving force of our life, everything about life, including our purpose, begins to make sense. Because it's not about you or me. It is all about God. 
You see, we are not living our own story. We are living our own chapter within a great, grand, bigger story. And that is God's true story. That is what we are living. We're not even the main characters. We're a very important, God-loved character, but we are not the main character. We are one of millions that God is using to achieve his purposes because it is his story and he is the focus. I had you, like, blink aggressively at me a couple weeks ago. I won't ask you to do that again. But when I asked you to blink aggressively at me, it's because we were saying, hey, our life is a blink of an eye. It is that. It's a little picture here I drew. You might not be able to see it, but that's okay. It's God's story. Huge long line. Goes forever that way. Goes forever that way. And where are we? We're a tiny little dot. That's our life. That's our story. And yet it is part of God's great story, his everlasting story. Because when God is the driving force of our life, when we see him as the central figure of our life, everything starts to make sense. He's our starting point, not us. If we view ourselves as a starting point, it's almost like viewing the earth as the central thing within the solar system. If you just focus on the earth and the moon says, yeah, that's the solar system. Everything happens because the earth's there. So what we understand about space is you have to zoom out to see that in our solar system, the sun is the central figure. The sun is like God. God's like the sun. Where in our solar system and in our lives, everything revolves around it. Everything is driven by it. Everything is put there and sustained. Its life is sustained by that very thing. And when we were born, we were plopped in the middle of God's ongoing redemption plan for the world. Consider God's great cosmic story. This is the history of God, the true account of God. And at least where we began, it was in Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Before that, God always was. That's who he was and who he always is. But in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And that goes all the way to sin entering the world where Adam and Eve chose themselves over God. You see it when the man and the wife heard the sound of the Lord God after they had eaten of that fruit and disobeyed and they realized they were naked and they were filled with shame from the sin. He was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and what did they do? They hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. From that sin all the way to God redeeming the world through the sacrificial and atoning love of Christ with the cross and the grave, as the most famous uh, Bible passage in the world tells us, for God so loved, it was love that compelled him, so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life all the way to when Christ shall come again to restore all things. As this book ends, the words of Jesus, who is the faithful witness to all these things, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. That's the great cosmic story of our one true God, the creation, the fall, redemption, restoration. And we were placed in the middle of it. This is the God who created all things and holds all things together. He's the very God that did all of this because of the depth of his love for you. And like that Colossians passage at the beginning of our message, 
we're reminded that he created you and he created you for him. Our lives may be just a blink, but it is riddled with significance and meaning and purpose that God has given you. You and your life have a purpose. It is extraordinary. It is an extraordinary purpose because it was given to you by the God who speaks and forms life. If you are seeking your purpose, you need not look to yourself. Look only to God. He will guide you. He will direct you. He will drive you to accomplish immeasurably more than you could ever think or imagine because your purpose is found and given to you by God. And he has been actively at work through faithful followers for thousands of years in this earth to accomplish his purposes. And he will continue to through you if you allow your life to be driven by God and your God-given purpose. We praise God that it is not about you or me. We praise God that he gives us purpose, a purpose that is a part of his great plan. Because in the weeks ahead, we're going to unpack what that actual purpose is. <laughs> but we take comfort today knowing it's not about you. It's not about me. The pressure is off. Because we acknowledge that everything Jesus did, he did for you. Jesus' purpose was for you. And he has a purpose for you. Your life does have meaning. There is a point to all of this. So together, let's seek God and discover it together. Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you for being the author and perfecter of our faith, the author of our life, our God, our creator, who knew us before we were even born, who knew us before you even created the heavens and the earth. You knew who we were. You knew us by name. And you knew us with love. Thank you, God, for your story of redemption, for your plan of redemption, for your victory that was assured in the defeat of sin on the cross, in the defeat of death, when Jesus Christ rose again. God, may we all be encouraged and inspired and empowered to believe that there is meaning to this life, and that you have given us a purpose. Continue to work in us in the weeks ahead, God, as we unpack what exactly that purpose is and why you created us and what you created us for. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear you, Lord, and the faith to run after you. We long to build a life upon a sure foundation that is only found in you not in the shifting sands of this world, not in the flimsiness of ourselves, but firmly in the grasp of your grace and your love. May we build our lives. We love you, God. We pray this in the power of Jesus' name. All God's people say, amen.